Morning, everybody. Good morning. Morning. We are in a different place here for at least, I guess, for a couple of weeks, and that's an estimation. You know how projects are supposed to take a certain amount of time, and so that can vary a little bit, but um, good to be here with you all. We're going to kind of change it a little bit because we can't, uh, this isn't really conducive for getting in our small groups. So what we'll do is we'll have our study first, and then we'll have kind of a group prayer request that we can pray for to finish up our time. So our studies today and next week are passages that were shared with soldiers while serving in the Army and inmates while serving at the Pinellas County Jail. Where did David get his confidence as he stood before a nine-and-a-half-foot giant named Goliath in 1 Samuel 17? And how did Daniel survive a night in the den of hungry lions as recorded in Daniel 6? Who stood by the prophet Elijah as he denounced 500 prophets of Baal in 1 Kings 18? And what kept Paul going when he was stoned and left for dead in Antioch, according to Acts 14? The answer to all these questions is God. This morning we're going to uncover three assurances from God's Word that give us courage as we travel this journey called life. Please join me in Psalm 121. Psalm 121. And let's find out together how we can walk like David, Daniel, Elijah, and Paul because of God's assurances in this psalm. Psalm 121, and we'll be reading the whole chapter. Beginning of verse 1. I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. From where shall my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all evil. He will keep your soul. The Lord will guard your going out and your coming in. From this time forth and forever. Let's uh, open a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for your word. And we want to thank you for the Psalms and all the encouragement that's there. And Father, we don't look to you as often as we should first when things come up in our lives. And help us to do that more, Lord, because you're sovereign. You're overall. You're the one who always stands up for us. And Father, until our time here on this earth is done, Lord, help us every day to bring honor and glory to your name. Help us to be witnesses as you call us to. Give us the words to speak if you want us to speak. But help us to live for you. May this time in your word, these assurances from Psalm 121, be an encouragement to all. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, first, before we look at these eight verses, let's get the background to this psalm. 
Most commentators believe Psalm 121 is an antiphonal psalm that pilgrims going to feast in Jerusalem would sing as they went on their journey. Antiphonal, according to Noah Webster, means when a psalm is sung by two choirs by alternate singing. So as they would journey to Jerusalem, this would be a psalm that would be sung and maybe two or three would sing, two or three would kind of answer and continue the singing of this psalm. So it kind of gives us a picture of what this psalm, how much it meant to all those making those journeys. Historically, Psalm 121 was the evening song of the sacred pilgrim band sung on the last shift of the night. It symbolized the end of wanderings of the people of Israel and the hope of the hills of Jerusalem in the distance. We don't know the author or circumstances of this psalm, but it definitely focuses on giving the nation of Israel and believers assurances in life God is with us. Pastor and commentator Charles Spurgeon shares, Psalm 121 is a soldier's song as well as a traveler's hymn. There is an ascent in the psalm itself which rises to the greatest elevation of restful confidence. Do we ever need restful confidence in life? How many have that every day? I'm not raising my hand. I don't think we'd have too many hands, but we need we need that confidence. And Psalm 121 is one that does. So now let's begin with the first assurance in verses 1 and 2. That God is our helper. God is our helper. I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. From where shall my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Lift up means to lift up our eyes and our face and be confident. And we're satisfied God is there. Warren Worsby shares, If Jehovah created the heavens and the earth, then he is a God of power, wisdom, and glory, and we have nothing to fear. When something unexpected or expected comes into our lives, do we look to God first? That unexpected bill, that washer giving out after only three years, an unexpected health issue. Who is more powerful than God? We lift our eyes where? It says to the mountains. Mountains we think of power and strength. We lived in Colorado Springs and when we opened up our door in the morning, we looked and we saw Pikes Peak, 14,000 plus feet above sea level. And it always reminded me again of God's power and how strong he is. The hills as pilgrims would approach Jerusalem would make the person on the journey envision hope, hope in God. As we lift our eyes to the mountains, the psalmist asks, from where comes my help? Carol and I are reading through the Bible in a year, and in First and Second Chronicles, you find a lot of kings who did evil in the sight of the Lord. Over and over until you come to King Jehoshaphat in Second Chronicles 17, and King Hezekiah in Second Chronicles 29, 
who took down all the idols, including those in high places that others had left. God strengthened them to do that. And a little bit I want to read and share with you of how King Jehoshaphat stood up and looked to God. It says there in Second Chronicles 17, The Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he followed the example of his father David's earlier days and did not seek the Baals, but sought the God of his father, followed his commandments, and did not act as Israel did. So the Lord established the kingdom in his control, and all Judah brought tribute to Jehoshaphat, and he had great riches and honor. He took great pride in the ways of the Lord, and again removed the high places and the ashram from Judah. Do we have idols that have replaced God in our lives? Like money, popularity, gambling, promotions, you name it, we all do. And there's always a temptation to come before God. But as we look to the mountains and hills, the answer that we need to be looking for is contained in verse 2. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Our answer when we ask for help is the Lord, the creator of the universe, our savior, our redeemer. When travelers headed to Jerusalem singing this psalm, when they caught sight of the city situated on the mountains, they knew God dwelled in his sanctuary in Jerusalem and would provide help. We're reminded around us in creation of our creator. Other passages reflect this. Psalm 124.8 Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. In Psalm 134.3 May the Lord bless you from Zion, he who made heaven and earth. And of course Psalm 46.1 God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. The word help in the original means to aid or assist. We want to ask for hands, but how many here this morning need aid or assistance from time to time? <laughs> like getting out of bed in the morning? <laughs> getting up out of a recliner at noon? Or simple things like tying shoes? Or picking up a quarter in the parking lot? penny's not worth it, but a quarter. <laughs> That's a lot of effort, right? We need a lot of help. <laughs> Look at Nehemiah while he was being ridiculed while the walls of Jerusalem were being built. He cried for help in Nehemiah 6, 9. But now, O oh God, strengthen my hands. He was getting weak. He needed God to help him. Esther is queen approaching the king without permission that could cost her her life but to save her people. And with much prayer, she approached the king and he raised the scepter so she was admitted before him. Joseph, as he approached the Pharaoh in bringing his family to Egypt during the great famine going on, the list can go on and on. There's the words to a song that relay how important it is to look to the Lord right away. And it's called Eye of the Storm. I'll just read a little bit of it. But I, as I was preparing this message this 
song came to mind. In the eye of the storm, you remain in control. And in the middle of the war, you guard my soul. When my sails are torn, your love surrounds me in the eye of the storm. When the solid ground is falling out from underneath my feet, between the black skies and my red eyes, I can barely see. When I realize I've been sold out by my friends and my family, I can feel the rain reminding me in the eye of the storm. You remain in control. In the middle of the war, you guard my soul. You alone are the anchor when my sails are torn. Your love surrounds me in the eye of the storm. We need to be reminded of that. We need to be singing with our hearts. When those things come into our lives that we don't know how to handle, we pray and we ask God for help. And He hears us and He answers us. It shares here in this psalm, My help comes from the Lord. It's a personal testimony of the author of this psalm. My, my help. It's a personal basis. How many times has God helped us out? Come to our aid when everything seems lost. Once in a while we need to reflect on God coming to assist us, help us. Like Peter in Matthew 14 And I always love this story because Peter sometimes spoke before he thought, it seems. But when Jesus told him to get out of the boat, to come, what did Peter do? Oh, I don't know if I can do that. Uh, uh, Let's see, my other disciples, how do we vote? Let's have a vote on it. He got out, didn't he? And as he started to walk toward Jesus, when his eyes were on him alone, he was fine. But then he started to sink. And he had to cry out, help me, Lord. The Lord didn't say, go ahead and drown. You blew it, Peter. (laughs) He went over and he grabbed Peter and he pulled him up and they walked together back to the boat. What a picture. The Psalms is filled with assurances that our help comes from the Lord. Psalm 46, God is my refuge. Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Pastor Charles Spurgeon adds, It is wise to look to the strong for strength. And who's stronger than God? Verse 2 continues, Who made heaven and earth, the one we look to for help, the God of the universe, the creator of all and is over all. One commentator shares, the thought of this verse leaps beyond the hills to the universe, beyond the universe to its maker. Here is living help, primary, personal, wise, immeasurable. Commentator James Montgomery Boyce adds, Maker of the heaven and earth, this phrase occurs several times in the songs of ascents. To worship the gods of the mountains is idolatry. What we need is not the gods of nature, but nature's God. We need the Creator. Here's what one inmate serving time in Oklahoma Shares and I want to share with you. It's entitled My Life. 
As I lie on my bunk in this concrete cell, I look back on my life that's been through hell. And I wonder why I never wanted to live when I have everything to offer but nothing to give. Now I sit here and look at my life that's gone by with so much regret and so much lost time. Is there any way I can change and make a new start from the beginning this time with a brand new heart? From all the years I've wasted and the tears I've cried that have torn up my soul and left me empty inside. Dear Lord, can you help me to ease all this pain, take away all my sadness and refocus my brain, to look at the good and not only see bad, to see what I've got and not just what I had, to live for the future and not in the past, for a new life in Jesus of happiness at last. May that be our prayer as well. So our first assurance is that God is our helper. Now we move to the second one in verses 3 to 6. And that is God is our keeper. God is our keeper. He will not allow your foot to slip. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day, nor the moon by night. He will not allow your foot to slip or be moved, which means to slip and slide, to stagger, to be shaken. The mighty, all-powerful God of the universe keeps our foot from slipping. Pastor Warren Worsby shares, keep means to guard and protect. And it's used six times in Psalm 121. It is first used in the Bible in Genesis 2.15, where the Lord put Adam in the garden to keep it. This means to guard, to watch over something, and take good care of it. Remember Peter the night before his execution, and the local church was praying for him? He believed God would not allow his foot to slip, it says in Acts twelve seven. Now behold, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared, and a light shone in his cell, and he struck, he whacked, he smacked Peter's side and woke him up. He was so sound asleep, the angel had to literally slap him to wake him up. Because why? Where was his confidence? Where was he looking for help and if he was going to go into, into heaven that next day, he was ready because he was sound asleep. We read on here in verse 3 of Psalm 121. He who keeps you will not slumber. God keeps us 24-7. Wherever we are, whether at the doctor's office, in our homes, doing push-ups, I hear some people are able to do that. Getting groceries at Publix or Sprouts or mowing the lawn if you can. Keeps means to watch, to guard, to preserve, to keep safe. God is our keeper as a reminder from the doxology of Jude twenty four twenty five. Now to him who is able to keep you 
from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Father who alone is wise be glory and majesty, dominion and power now and forevermore. Amen. May that be in our hearts as well. God never sleeps, but he keeps watch over the nation of Israel as he does for every believer as adopted sons and daughters of God. Even when we let go of God, he never lets go of us. Verse 5 states, The Lord is your keeper, and the Lord is the shade on your right hand. I love that there about shade on your right hand because we need that shade, don't we? Dew point every morning I hear it almost 80. Every walk outside and I think, man, where, where did this greenhouse come from? It feels like that. And sometimes it's hard to breathe. Amen? But God knows that. And he's our shade. And he will work with us. He will help us through the day. Because he never deserts us. God keeps us day and night. Think about that for a moment. James Montgomery Boyce tells us, There is a genuine danger of sunstroke in such hot regions as the Near East. There is nothing either of the day or the night can harm us if God is keeping guard. God is our covering against all calamity. And we need to remember that. And that's not easy to do, but with God's help we can. Verse 6 reads, The sun will not smite you by day nor the moon by night. Smite means to strike deep so as to wound or kill. God will watch over us. Illustrated often in the history of Israel, delivered from Egypt, for instance, as well as God protecting us, his children, every day we walk on this earth. Examples of that include men like Mike Shaw with SOS Ministry as he goes into countries in Africa, Central and South America with a message of salvation to the lost. And our own Pastor Joe T. as he serves as well and other outreach ministries, SOS and others like going on mission trips to Central America. Were there obstacles along the way? Debbie, were there? Getting a passport, the fact that they were able to get it the day before they're to leave. You think God might have been working and helping along the way? Amen. He is always watching out for us. At times we forget the spiritual battle going on. But remember, God is greater. Amen? God keeping watch is often illustrated in the Word. We have the example of Elisha in 2 Kings 6. And they were hunting him down and they wanted to kill him. And they wanted to find him and they surrounded him. And Elisha was all worried, biting his nails and staying up all night and didn't know what to do, right? 2 Kings 6 beginning at verse 13. Through 17, I won't read all these verses, but basically here's what happened. The army surrounded Elisha, and Elisha's assistant was looking around. He was kind of being the scout for Elisha. And he looked around, and he saw these great armies all around. And he might have whispered, you know, what are you guys here for? We're here for Elisha. 
Oh, boy, that's not good. So he got all worried about it. And he went over to to Elisha, this assistant, and he he said, there's so many of this army out here, and they're all coming to get you, to kill you. And Elisha prayed, it says, and said, O Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Who sent him? God did. He said, now take a look. Oh, wow. I see God's army is outnumbering this army that's come to get you. Do we know in every situation God has been watching over us? Does God all of a sudden say, oh, that took me by surprise. I don't know what I'm going to do. Nothing takes him by surprise. Those close calls on US-19, and if you haven't had one, uh, you're very blessed. When someone slams on their brakes ahead of you, or runs a red light, I'm sure that never happens, or cuts in front of you and almost runs you off the road. Anybody? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I, I know there's probably a couple of others that have had that experience. God is with us. He's watching over us. Soldiers in battle are reminded here and in Psalm 91 of God keeping us no matter what we face. This psalm became a reality is our unit of 660 soldiers deployed to the streets of L.A. during the riots in May of 1992. We moved to an area of Watts that was on the border of two rival gangs, the Bloods and the Crips. And we had a six-foot wire fence separated our unit from the territories of these gangs. While our soldiers rested, someone in a, this is in May, in a long trench coat, motioned to speak with me. (laughs) Cautiously, I went over with my chaplain's assistant because we don't carry a gun as a chaplain. My chaplain assistant is my bodyguard when we're deployed. And I had him come with me, and the man said, Chaplain, we don't have a fight with you, but the longer you stay on our turf, the more likely we're going to have to defend it. Once he said that, he opened up his trench coat and hanging inside was an AK-47. Later, my assistant told me he was one of the leaders of the Bloods. And I was glad and thankful God was keeping watch over us and our unit at that time. That became very real to me. We have the great promise of Psalm 18. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress, and my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Do we echo that praise that David, or that's recorded here in Psalm 121? Personal promise of God keeping Paul in 2 Timothy 4, 16. At my first defense, no one supported me, but all deserted me. May it not be counted against them. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that through me the proclamation might be fully accomplished and that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was rescued out of the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be 
the glory forever and ever. Amen. Do we need God to keep us? All the time. At all places. Wherever we are. Right? Amen. So now we've seen two assurances from God. First, He is our helper. Second, He is our keeper. Now our third and final assurance in verses 7 and 8. God is our protector. God is our protector. Verse 7, The Lord will protect you from all evil. He will keep your soul. The Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forever. It says here, God will protect us from all evil. Evil that would consume us if God wasn't protecting us. Evil that opposes God. We're further reminded in Romans 12, 9, Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Is God good? We're to cling to Him. The Lord will protect here. It means to protect and preserve from all evil. Anything that could harm us. But in God's grace, He turns into good the things we think are evil. And I think of the example of Joseph. How many times could he have given up believing God was protecting him? But he said to his brothers who were fearful and trembling when they thought Joseph would get revenge. And what Joseph said, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. We're always under the watchful eye of God. Psalm 139 reminds us, where can we go from your spear? Where can we flee? God is watching over us all the time. He's protecting us. God will keep your soul. He will protect our souls. Once we're saved, God keeps us saved. And no one can snatch us out of the Father's hand. God preserves our going out and coming in. He guards the paths of justice and preserves the way of His saints. Other promises include Proverbs 3, 23. Then you will walk in your way securely and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden fear nor of the onslaught of the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. He's watching over every step we take. When God called us to Florida in 2000, I can't believe 23 years ago, to serve as the deputy chaplain at Pinellas County Jail, my first assignment reminded me how much God's protection is needed. One of the challenges of being a chaplain Pinellas County Jail, and there was a senior chaplain, and there was me, the deputy chaplain. But when somebody in an inmate's family died and it was verified, we had to go tell them. We had to notify them of that death. So my first assignment, my first day, was to tell a local gang leader that his grandmother had passed away. So as I was walking down there, I was doing a lot of praying. I was thinking of Psalm 121. And as I walked to the guarded room to tell him, 
this psalm came to mind. Praise the Lord, it went okay. Because I'm here, obviously. But uh, those are times when God's word becomes a reality, becomes a part of our life. Verse 8 continues. We reread verse 8. The Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forever. The Lord will keep watch and protect and guard. Warren Worsby shares going out and coming in refers to the daily activities of life. Our Heavenly Father is concerned about the so-called minor details that we take for granted. How long will he do this? From this time forth and forever. John MacArthur comments, Well, this seems to have a temporal sense at first glance. There are indicators that it looks beyond to eternal life. The end of verse 8, and forever. So what have we seen in our study of Psalm 121? First, God assures Doug and Debbie and Diane, all of us, He is our helper, He is our keeper, and our protector. Every day God watches over us. Nothing that comes into our lives takes God by surprise. No matter the evil around us, God protects us from all of it. Again, Warren Worsby shares this thought, and I love it. Who can mind the journey when the road leads home? Who can mind the journey when the road leads home? Where's our home? Our home is in heaven. And there we will spend eternity with our Lord and Savior. And the day of our homecoming could be today. We could hear the trumpet sound. God could call us home today. Let's remind Him as we are still on this earth. Thank God for these assurances we have in Psalm 121. Let's close in prayer. Father God, we thank You for Your Word. We thank you for Psalm 121 and the assurances that you give us. You're always with us. You're protecting us. You're keeping us. And you're helping us. We need your help. We need your protection. We need you to keep us. And we thank you for it. I pray, Lord, that you would use every one of us this coming week to bring honor and glory to you. That we would, as uh, opportunity comes to witness, say the words but live the life that you've called us to. In Jesus' name, amen.